looks like he's getting the upper hand on them right now. No. You would think, right? <laughs> These are good thugs. I don't know. I think they uh, ran out of things to do. This guy is pretty beady looking. Yeah, they're basically like, uh, I think they're making him sing along. Oh, okay, okay. Tormenting. <laughs> I love that song, One Guatemala. I see what you mean, how tight it is. Yeah, yeah, I'm just not a fan of that. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, I'm always in the school of, like, somebody needs to be in the shot. And look at this Chuck Norris dude. Cool. Look at him. Have you ever seen a face like this guy? Really well, he looks like um, Steven Spielberg. He it's, does look like Steven. Do you think this is a cameo? And he looks like, like Steven, um, Steven Wright. Yeah. He's got the nose, like this weird rubbery nose. Maybe it is Steven Wright? No way. We would notice from, the, we would know from the nose. <laughs> so they're letting him pass, but they're still going to take care of him. Look at that, Steven Spielberg. Ah! Buh, buh, buh. <laughs> he throws it in there. Yeah, right there. Well, we get to see something blow up real good. Way too much. Way too much explosion. Why do they always do that? Well, you got the casino in there. Maybe like the there was an extra flame or something. M Mike, I already told you this before. I saw a car explosion in my life. I saw it, and it was very scary. But it was not like you know. I mean. It, it made a pop. It made a pop. And when I did, I felt the heat, you know, but it was just a flash and the rest was smoke. It was not. It, oh, I know his face, too. You do not. That's someone noticeable. Did you notice the USA Today? All right, let you me see his face again. It's done. Basically, oh. crime is still prevalent and these just poor and ordinary town folks are being harassed. So he's facing a terrible again. cookie again? Yeah. And that'll be a running theme. Like, he thinks his cookies are great, and in reality, they're not very good. You would figure Dieter would figure it out by this point. Mm-hmm. And be like, nah, I'm going to pass on the cookie. <laughs> and did you ever see Pamela Barnes in the movie uh, Mall Rats, where she shows her breasts? Uh, no, but I am writing it down. Mall did you, right did right you, next to my open mic joke. <laughs> my open mic joke. Should I Netflix Mall Rats or it's not worth it? Uh, it's a it's probably available on your regular TV. It's not really worth it. But she uh, she's topless. She's a topless fortune teller, except she has three nipples, so the guys can't look at her breasts. So okay. she's topless with the extra nipple added on. <laughs> Yeah, if there's uh, one thing that is absolutely not sexy, it's human deformity. Right, I think that was the joke. This is the 80s where you can pat the uh, aerobic-sized waitress's butt. You know, in the, in the 90s, when I was in college and I would go to a strip club with my buddies, you absolutely could touch the girls, no problem, right? So then Tom Kroll's getting married, so I went out to L.A. to be his best man, and I go to uh -huh. The lady with like with a dollar tip, the place freaked. They're like, "Whoa!" It was like I was 
you know. In uh, New Jersey. Yeah. Like, you mean you cannot touch the girls? I, yeah, you can't. Oh, I made such a big stink. We were going to get our asses kicked out of there. And then I was like talking like, what's the big trouble? And they're like, oh, <laughs> he's not from here. Right. Sorry, Mr. S uh, Soprano. <laughs> What is the big mistake? Oh, they're super fly. Not anymore. Wow, he pulls the two guns out. Very cool. Yeah, it gets the photo. Yeah. And you can see that photo later. They're going to sell t-shirts. Oh, really? Very good. So he's not <laughs> proud of this film? Because I'm going to have to watch it uh, apart from yeah. our show, because it looks like it's pretty fun. I mean, you it's have fun. to give it for being yeah. so campy. You know, he, he kind of... Took it to heart. He took it to heart. He wasn't happy with the production. He wasn't happy with the the revisions and uh, uh huh. Yeah, he's there. You go. Thanks. Thanks for coming. Appreciate it. Oh, this is one of the best lines. He goes like, uh, uh, "Drive safely, or I'll kill you." He, <laughs> he, he improvised that line. He is. Uh, oh, that's so me. funny. <laughs> He's, but he must be acting yeah. like crazy. Uh-oh, this is probably what got him hooked. This scene. Well, he, he didn't touch it, but at this point, he, he was clean and sober. Oh, I see. Probably the guys, the actors are tasting it and going, man, this sugar is sweet. <laughs> this is great, cornstarch. <laughs> what is that? I can, I... This is a bomb. What is that? What is that? Did they throw a rock in my window? Does it say is this is a rock? Man, if I ever do a movie, I'm stealing that joke. It goes through the window. They go, what is that? And it says, this is a rock. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's not a very good mom if they're still talking. Let me guess, and I really know nothing about Shadow Stevens, but I bet you this movie came out. He was like, oh, this is terrible. I'm embarrassed. I hate it. And then, like, 25 years later, he's, like, seeing it's, you know, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Well, he was talking about the, he went to a show in Los Angeles called B-Movie uh, Bingo, uh -huh. where people get cards. They'll watch a particular genre movie, and they did this for uh, tracks. And they'll say, like, police chief choose out, you know, cop. Oh, like, um, and, stere uh, not stereotypes, but, yeah, movie tr tropes, is that the tropes. word? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, tropes. And they'll say, we got a bingo. And he said he really enjoyed watching that movie under that context. Like, you know, <laughs> he had a good time. That sounds right. It, this is a great movie. I'm, I'm just going to get my review up front. Good. I have nothing else to say except here comes an explosion. Here comes someone thrown out a window. Here comes someone getting shot. And then bullets hit his, uh, look at this explosion. <laughs> he finally went the first off. Floor. Yeah, he walked into the first floor, and then everybody in the second floor explodes, and then he walks out of the liquor store. Got some chewing gum. No, a lollipop. Talk to me in two weeks. I guarantee you I will be a Shadow Stevens fan. I'll know everything about him. Yeah, I mean, don't you don't have to watch every episode of Dave's World, but you should check out, I don't know, if you have HBO Max, you should check out the Larry Sanders episode where Hank hosts. Okay. He, he, and uh, he, Hank is the second banana. He needs his own announcer. And he goes, get me Shadow Stevens. That's perfect, right? That yeah, was his yeah. role. <laughs> so Shadow Stevens shows up to be the guest announcer. When, uh, Hank, uh, and it's a great line. Is uh, Hank Kingsley. He goes, no, no, no. Hank Kingsley. So <laughs> Shadow Stevens right. repeats, Hank Kingsley. 
You know, I don't appreciate how the director's got us back in the exact same scene. It's these same close edits of these scary guys tormenting this this accountant. Yeah, it clearly isn't the same day. Like they shot on that. I don't know. Not a fan of this. Uh, yeah, no, this, this subplot's not great. These guys have great faces and, uh, you know, some comedy I wrestled out of it. But I, 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 you know, I wouldn't miss it if it was cut. I do apologize, Mike. The dogs are barking and there's no one in the house. I've got to let them inside. Or go ahead. Okay, just yeah, take care. I'm here in the studio. This movie's trash, as you can tell from the trash can. Going in. I guess it's the passenger side. Uh-oh, looks like trash. Yeah, so here, it's just strange. He talks about this. Not only did he kill the people, but he hung them upside down on the street lamps. That's some real, like, war atrocity shit right there. But it's a message. It's a friendly message. It's saying, this could be your dead body hanging upside down. I don't know. I think maybe Welcome to Our Town would be a better post. It's a little jarring. Nothing like a good comedy to bring up war atrocities halfway during the film. Uh, one thing we hate in the 80s are bicyclists. These guys are easy pickings. Who are you going to hit first? Badass right there. Yep. <clears throat> Thank God for that comedic sunroof. Make Looney Tunes proud. Love it. They're actually hitting people in the head and they're flying off. Nothing like a stuntman. Take that. Sorry, Mike, that took longer than usual because there was a bear. Really? Yeah, and the, the dogs were like, this is our yard. This is our yard. Bark, bark. And I was like, he knows it's your yard. He doesn't care. Get in the house. It worked. You don't think, oh, look, he's shooting him with a baseball bat. <laughs> That's funny. Well, no, there was a guy with a gun behind him. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But, but he was but the guy on the back. What do you think about the last scene? I have no comments about the events from the last scene. <laughs> Her name wasn't Chrissy. What was it? No, Chrissy was Chrissy Snow was Suzanne Summers. Was it Janet? No, Janet is someone else. Right. Chris um Gosh, the, her name's on the tip of my tongue, and I'm surprised you don't know that there was another Chrissy. But anyway, we're watching this movie, not that uh, show. You know, it was bittersweet for her, because on the one hand, uh, when she got the role as a roommate, she was taking over Suzanne Summers, and there was a lot of press about that. On the other hand, the rent was pretty cheap. You know, it was like, Good one, Mike. But listen, listen, she was not the second Chrissy who took over from Chrissy. She was so there was really so wait a minute there was Chrissy and then there was a Chrissy replacement and then there was Pamela Barnes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Let me just. Uh, I might as well just do it because I'm here. I'm on oh, my phone. It's killing you. It's killing you. Three's company Chrissy replacements. Okay. I'm telling Google. What does this note say now? Oh, I, I think it's from Track saying I'm going to clean up your town or some shit like that. Terry Alden. Hello. Hello. Hello, 80s. Hello. Her high I heels and, and uh, one piece are the same shocking pink color. 
You don't know what Texas, what area of Texas this oh. is. No, bet. That's not the golf. So they're cleaning up the town, literally. They're painting it, and he's dancing with uh, Dieter while the montage music, the inspirational yeah. montage music plays. Look, hey, we brought back the comic books we stole from the previous scene. We're just kids. Thanks, thanks to you and Trax, this town has been cleaned up. Right? See, literally, they're cleaning their steps. <laughs> thanks to a madman killing everybody in their town they can water their lawn in peace yeah what a gray oh there's this perfect cookies. Well, cookie his hand is on the I know he handed this I don't think they know they don't give a shit when it comes to stunts and the actors this dancing scene is ridiculous see that's not the Gulf of Mexico it's some lake you got to be inspirational and follow your dreams. So I know this can't be a set. This has to be like a real fountain with staircase. Yeah, it has to be. Of course it has to be. They would not build that. Uh, well, I don't know. Red, white, and blue. Red, white, and blue. How patriotic. Yeah, he was saying that they wrote a scene where they had three electric chairs and they were putting the villains on it and one had a red uh, hoodie, one had a white hoodie, and one had a blue hoodie. It's not in the movie, but. Okay. Red, white, and blue. Uh, and this is uh, 4th of July weekend. Maybe we shouldn't say that. Who knows when this will air? Yeah, and not only that, it's, uh, it's after the, the weekend too, so. Okay, I have texted you the picture of the woman who replaced Sin, uh, Chrissy. And when you see it, you'll go, oh yeah, her. Yeah, no, I I, I know who you're talking about. I'm, I'm watching a movie on my phone, so I can't do the link. Oh, okay, okay. Uh-oh, she's talking to Shadow. Now she likes that he's cleaning up the town, but it looks like there's some conflict here. Well, it's sexual conflict, right? Oh, there's tension, sexual yeah. tension. You can't have these 80s movies without like, the tension is so ripe they can't they can't take it remember we watched never too old to die with uh john stamos and vanity uh and gene simmons as like uh the villain no we I did i i don't think you saw that with me yeah i did we, okay we what did was one the name of it never too old to die young Gene's never too old to die young never too old to die young oh <laughs> that's funny I think that's the title. It's we saw it with Head. We watched one episode. We watched three episodes, uh, three movies, because we were just kind of going back and forth. That was one of them. <laughs> oh, I certainly remember yeah. Head with you. That was great. Now, will she do any fortune telling? Because often she's topless when she tells fortunes. Uh, no, there's no fortune telling in this. This Aww. movie is strictly PG, just mindless violence, no sex. It's so funny how our society's like violence is cool, but boobs. Oh, well, you know, I watched all the Marvel movies on Disney Plus, and I must have witnessed a thousand deaths in those films. But you did the count. Wow, that's a uh... passionate. Yeah, she grabbed her own boobs and then Frenched them. 
Look how smooth Shadow is. It must be a script. <laughs> I would have melted. Do you think, like, before the shot, he's like, can I get the glamour shots and not uh, Priscilla? Thanks. Whoa, whoa. That yeah, was she is. Stone in, uh, what was that Michael Douglas film? Basic Instinct? Yeah, about? yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go, Pamela. So far, two. I see two nipples so far. I think that was that bra was recently purchased. Look how clean it is and pristine. It was never laundered. Do you think the budget went into her bra? Some budget went into her bra. I'm sure that was just a federated purchase. <laughs> but federated is not Macy's. Like, it became Macy's. Never mind. Federated you think jewelry. Hey, it's federated. Fred Reid okay. is in our Federated store. Fred, what are you here for? You buying appliance? No, I, I came to buy a bra. Look, their sex is so passionate, it's knocking out all the cards in the card catalog. That was Ghostbusters. Or the sounds of sex. It's not wow. too subtle. He just squirted. <laughs> she's probably not satisfied. Yeah, she's, she's like, that's it? I don't know who owns this grill, Carl. I didn't do the research. Okay. They have beer there? Do they have beer? I didn't check. <laughs> Look at that payphone, man. I, no, I was it's, about to say miss a payphone. I don't miss a payphone, but but it just brings me back. You don't miss people throwing beer bottles at you while you're trying to use the phone? No, that's a, that's a common. It's just a cell phone is the only difference. Wow, they really kick butt. Yeah, so I think eventually they're gonna they're gonna build the scene with Robert Davi and uh, Tracks is worth it, but we still have to go through all these idiots. They talk with an accent. Also, do you notice how many beer signs we've seen? We've seen Coors, we've seen Budweisers. That yeah. that's a staple in eighties movies to have the neon sign in the back. Well, when we saw the outside Jimmy's Grill, whoever owns this place, we the sign just said beer. It's funny. What's his face's grill? Yeah. What's his name's grill? I know I have one job to research, but I, I didn't research who owned Jimmy's grill. Oh, that's getting even funnier. Now you're saying the guy's name. I don't know who owns Jimmy's grill. Whoa. Whoa. Ripped it right out of the wall. I love his house. You know, everything's just going to get wrecked again. Look how 80s the, like, the lamp is. and. Oh, yeah. I think this is a weird scene too. I forgot about this scene. He's got a Roman column. So he's he getting a hand job while he's working off, working out. Yeah. I guess it's a hand job. Yeah, look at the hand motion. And she's reading. A... Cup and iron. Oh, this is me while watching the movie. <laughs> What is this? What's going on? Oh, I think I think that's sort of like the punk rock uh, brother uh, son or something. Okay, so is that pot coming out of his room? I guess so. I don't approve of it. Oh, he's ready. So gross. Listen, I knew you were coming, but you didn't have to drive your motorcycle into my house. See, he's perfect shot. Look at that. Shooting the roller, the car. Very funny, shooting a gun at me. Ha uh ha. -huh. 
And what about the fact that he's on the second floor? How did he get a bike? And also, he's indoors. Why did he take his mask off? Makes no sense. <laughs> and look, he got a... Yeah, cover your... I, I got to watch this film outside of our podcast because I'm missing some gold. I know it. He, they're saying funny stuff. There's there's some classic lines in here, and there's one that I'm, I'm waiting for. Uh, look at these. Dobby's hard. We're like David at this point. So why is the nemesis speaking with the hero? Like, are they making a deal? Are they make? Is he making a threat? It doesn't look. That's, like a, that's a great question. I think coming in here, threatening you. Look for your little joint like this. Okay, I've had it. You've got until tomorrow. I got a ride on. Okay, so it's a it's a uh, ultimatum. Yeah, it's or else. Tomorrow. It is the second floor. Here he goes. Oh, yeah. I see what he says. I think he says, when should be free? Nice bike! Thanks. I bet you'd like to ride. Yeah! I'd probably let you if there wasn't a train going on. Yeah! You keep up the good work. Meanwhile, his parents are having sex in the background. Oh, wow. Wow. He had a gun. Where did he keep the gun, Carl? He's naked. Yeah, that's a good point. And I liked it that the wife, if she is a wife, also had the gun. Yeah, like that's right. They both pulled out a gun. Okay. Oh, they were about to have... Is this... <laughs> Is this dumb joking. or is it funny? Uh, the dialogue I heard with the kids seemed a little dumb. Yeah, I don't understand that scene, to be honest with you. So he's eating famous, famous cookies. He's eating the good cookies. Oh, right that now. will offend Shadow, won't it? Yeah, I got to hide the famous. So, Mike, let me ask you, is this film funny or is it dumb? Like, the little snippet of audio I heard, that guy was acting pretty dumb. Is it the carries out for the rest of the film, or...? Yeah, no, it's it's funny dumb. You know, it's uh, it's broad, it's big. Uh, you know, everyone has a role to play. Okay, well, he hurt his arm or something right now? Oh, I think he's just exhausted from riding his motorcycle into the second-story window. Gotcha. Heating up his knife. Oh, yeah, maybe he's cauterizing a wound. Quarterizing? Quarterizing. Peter. Oh, he has to help him by... Oh, I know that sound. Is that crickets? I heard that last open mic. <laughs> they were like, boo, you suck. Actually, a friend of mine has a joke like that. Uh, Vern Chapman, I should say. He said his show, he had a set so bad he could hear the crickets booing. <laughs> I would like... The pandemic jokes that I've heard from open micers, you know, like, last night it was so bad, cr crickets were literally chirping. I had a, I had a joke where um, I dreamt I was in Zootopia. And the right. first thing I did was I went to the cricket comedy mic and I started talking loudly. You like that? You like that crickets? You like it when I do it? You see, Zootopia is a world where the animals are 
human. Yeah, I, I saw that movie. And the crickets have a comedy club. Crickets comedy club. And oh, I go did I there. miss that from uh, the? Yeah, maybe you missed it. Okay. Yeah. So now that the pre- now that the setup is established, I went in there and I would talk loudly after their sets. <laughs> That's very good. That's getting them back. I I just like the sloth joke. What's the moth joke? Sloth, sloth. Oh, from Zootopia. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so now they're going to the bad guys' hideout, and they're like, "You're not doing a good enough job," or. Yeah, and like Dobby, look at the way Dobby dresses compared to these slobs. It's amazing. What happened? About the law. So you, you killed him. Huh? Is he dead or? Kill him, and you cut him up, scatter pieces all over town. Uh oh. Uh-oh. You can tell he's from New Jersey too because of the pizza slice. Yeah, it's quality pizza. Yeah, it's foldable pizza. It's really funny how other towns think they've got pretty good pizza here. They just, you know, they just don't know. Do you do you fold your pizza when you eat it? Yes. Okay. Well, who wouldn't? Californians. Well, what do they do? They just leave it a triangle and okay. Yeah. You know, nobody from Jersey taught me how to do that. They had a piece of pizza and you just kind of folded it. It seems very natural. Very natural. You take a bunch of paper napkins. You you blot the the blot pizza. The grease. Yeah, mm-hmm. very natural, instinctively. <laughs> then you take the uh, garlic powder and the uh, yeah red peppers. Okay. So this is one of my favorite scenes. Okay. These kids are going to be in peril. The bad guys are going to kidnap the entire softball team. Great. And they're, they're going to tie them up in ropes. They're going to be standing, but they're going to be tied up in ropes. <laughs> and we're going to see how track saves these kids from these tied up ropes. This is no Walter Math out here. Well, you know, this guy had community service, so they figured they might as well add it. <laughs> Good one. You're helping the community. Here's how to throw a baseball like a man. Did he get shot? Yeah. All right. Here comes the villains. And this is Texas, of course. So there's yeah. horses. Are they going to rope them? Oh, yeah. It looks like they'll rope them. Yeah. They're going to rustle up these kids. They're kid boys. I like the sound of that. Not cowboys. They're kid boys. They're children boys. Gonna rustle up them children. Yeehaw. I don't know why they picked this particular softball team. It's probably because they were sponsored by Taco Bell or something. Pizza Hut. All right, kids, into the yeah. horse thing. Good shot. Look at that good shot. It's PBA yeah. League. You know, the director, uh, he Shadow had good things to say about him. You know, he he, he kind of spoke more openly about the producer and writer, Gary DeBoer. But the director himself, he had made a documentary called Stripper prior to it. Uh-huh. And he also, he also produced the documentary uh, Pumping Iron, the Schwarzenegger film. Oh, right. He smoked a joint in that. 
That's right. He smokes a joint at that. That's famous scene. But he's done more shows for like IFC and shit like that. Like a lot of television shows called like On the Road in America and American Caravan. Mm-hmm. The only interesting thing I could find was that according to IMDb, he was the first manufacturer of waterbeds in the United States. Uh, who was the first manufacturer? The director of tracks. He he also had a stint in waterbed factory. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. okay. All right. So this is it. This is the uh, the climax. Not really the climax, but the villain and the hero confront, and ultimately Not one on. is going to walk. One's going to walk away. So uh, you, we kind of need a little bit of sound. He's going to feed him yeah. a, a uh, baked bean cookie. Uh, I, you need to know that. Let's see if we okay. can. Okay, Unpor- important. A big bean cookie, what'd you say? Yeah, like baked beans. Oh, baked bean cookie. Yeah. Is there such a thing? I guess in this movie universe, there is. It's amazing how young uh, Davi looks. Like, there's no pockmarks on him. There's no, like, weird scars. Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. Like, he is very young, but he's also kind of ageless. Yeah. Like, you don't know if those pop marks are age or just acne. I thought, I just assumed he always had them as a kid or something, because it looked like it was left over from teenage years. Clearly, it's not. Okay, here we go. He's going to eat the cookie. I wonder if he got all upset when uh, when those things arrived. Chili. Chili con cookie. Chili con cookie. Yeah, no, this, I'm telling you, you may have to rewatch this movie on your own to get the humor of this movie. Chili con cookie. Very funny. I, no, I will actually be watching this. Yeah. Now, do you notice Dieter's wearing a, a Trax t shirt that they were selling earlier? Oh, that's funny. There's a picture of Trax on it. Okay, so he ate the chili con cookie. This is probably one of the best scenes in this movie. Now, Carl, you eat chili. What normally happens? You fart? Yeah, okay. So, good. All right, so we're on the same page. You're right. So, I'm ready for the... That's the setup. Yeah. There's All right, I got the sound play. <laughs> Don't light a match! That's what I think of your cookies. Lovely. The chili con cookie made a fart. <laughs> Wait, now listen, I've lit my own fart. Way too big an explosion for lighting your fart. Did you ever like eat a chili con cookie in your car right before lighting your cigar? You haven't, so you can't say that's not realistic. Yeah, that's true. You, I haven't been there. Have you? Have you ever eaten the chili cook cookie? Went into your car and lit up a cigar? No, but no, one never. time I was with Marcus in the early 90s. <laughs> your brother said, Marcus. Yeah, there was this thing like people light their farts. And I, you know, there was no internet. So I was like, that's bullshit. He goes, it's not bullshit. I said, what? How can it? What? It's bullshit. There's, we have flammable gas inside of us. And so he said, well, try it. And so I did. Uh-huh. Most disgusting thing I've ever done in my whole life. It's true. It's true. You can light your fart. Are you still wearing the jeans? 
Good question. I probably didn't get rid of the jeans because I was in my 20s, and who cares? <laughs> was there a flame that came out? You can't yeah. tell me. Yes, there was. And there, if you ever smell roasted fart, gross. Gross. It really Look, he has the tracks, the tracks merch table set up with a gun. <laughs> He's grabbing his tracks kitty. Why has a cop got the... And he doesn't yeah, I'm not, really, I'm not really certain why this wily guy is here. Listen, don't be so noble, Barnes. Barnes and noble? Thank you. I don't but know why is he's that a chain you. on the West Coast too, or no? We just have federated. But he really is an updated fight. You probably you probably have borders books though, right? Uh, no, our town is without borders. <laughs> no town is without borders. And there used to be a day. I would Sometimes love to see doctors him. are. I'm obsessed by shopping uh, supermarkets from the 80s. Like, I always look at the packaging. And the you product. love when we go into a supermarket in a film from an earlier time. You always comment and talk about yeah. it. Like, the packaging of the flour and the, right. the prices and just, like, what's out there. So, the butcher's in the back. Right. There's Sometimes there's no universal product code, and they have little stickers on the... Yeah. Or they have to call the manager and ask for the price. Is he's buying cookie ingredients, I assume. He's getting cookie ingredients, chili, flour. Ooh, a little fisting. Uh, okay, this is not really the time or the place to show wounds. Whoa. Uh, whoa, maybe there is a time and a place. No, it's not the place or the time for whatever's going on right here. Whoa. Well, clean up on aisle seven. I really don't know if this movie's going to be good or bad. I've got to hear the audio. Yeah, uh, it's good. It's good. If you're, if you, what was the last time we watched a movie where you're like, I got to rewatch this? Very rarely, actually, right? Yeah. Well, no, wait, that does not count because I'm the one doing the research usually and I have watched the film. Okay. Well, I've done the research and this is my first time watching it. This is the last time I watched it. <laughs> They're stuck. Yeah, you know how it is. Okay, so there it is. Listen to it. <laughs> how great is this movie? They tied up kids to a oh, car. humanity. And they're driving down. Like, these aren't stunt kids. This isn't CGI. This isn't, like, shot in Atlanta for for Marvel Studios. These are kids tied up to a car. Look how they hang there. down the street. I love it. Ooh. Did he put his dick back in his pants? That's good. <laughs> Okay, they shoot Dieter. This oh, is a... Dieter shot. No, this is a very important. We have to play the audio for Dieter. <laughs> Kid Caddy float. That's not the joke. Okay, here they're going up to Dieter. A tracks pen. What are you gonna do? What needs to be done? Better cancel the rest of the baseball season. See, there's jokes in this. But that was the joke. What what needs to be done? Or no, no. Oh, he's a lot Here we go. Here we go. How much? Looks like a leader. Damn. 
<laughs> That's it. Thanks for coming to the Thank show. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I'm doing that next open mic. Theater lost the leader. Theater lost the leader. Listen, at this point in your life, you have to say, I love this movie, right? I mean, like, yeah. they just delivered Dieter Lux. How much blood did you lose? They've never asked this question. Oh, <clears throat> the metric system leader. No one in their lifetime says I lost a liter of blood. You might right. have lost like a pint of blood. Right, right. And your name happens to be Dieter. Right? <laughs> yes, Dieter lost the leader. Dieter lost the leader. God, I love this movie. Well, this is the the cast party afterwards. That's the cast party. They're just, they're just beating up people. Look at these kids not trying to sneak a peek into the nudie bar. So look, he's saving the kids. He's shooting the rope tied between the children Very to nice. save the kids. My brother actually asked uh, Sarah Stevens, he goes, you know you were shooting at children. He goes, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how they were tied up in front of the porno place. Oh, yeah. See, look, these are all the, the, the citizens, the white citizens are proud of what's happening. Oh, no. Oh, it's tracks. I saw you. I literally saw you on TV. Yeah, hey, this is on TV. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're watching him on TV. I know you. You were on TV. Yes. Can you help me down? Like they, they love him. They love the fact that he's killing everybody. <laughs> they have their own t-shirts. They have the t-shirts. Oh, the TV's still playing. How great is that? Yeah, that's right. It didn't get unplugged. No. So they're, they're still smashing fight bottles. With, yeah, they're going to fight him with broken bottles. So they're breaking them over. Over the bad guy's head. Like, wake up. He can handle Tracks is here. Aww. So that woman's, uh, he's wearing his own shirt. What a narcissist. <laughs> He like knew that apartment was a painting of yourself. Yeah, how great is that? He's fighting hey, the uh, guns. You guys, cast and crew, you guys were great. Uh, we got you a present. Is it the T-shirt that says "Tracks" that everyone wore? It's the T-shirt that says <laughs> "Tracks" uh, that everybody wore. I think they got the sandbags already set up. Bang he knew that apartment was above the the bar. Will Tracks clean up our neighborhood? He's the only one that could do it. I'm sick of this. Pa-ching. Oh, is she talking about what's going on in the scene? Yeah. We're going to find nothing but a teeny, weeny, pathetic little penis. <laughs> so, truth hurts, I guess. Yeah. And that was PBS. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> That's the only channel that could say penis. That's the only tell you can say Pete, little tiny penis. Drums I are us. Why people have this like, my penis is small, my penis is big. You didn't earn it. You got born with it. You know what I mean? You didn't. Yeah, right. Like, why is that? Like they have such confidence. You didn't do any achievement to have a big pee-pee. Yeah, he comes, if he can orgasm with it, I think it's okay. Yeah, I mean, my pee-pee yeah. is not big, but it's my friend. It's always done the right thing by me. Yeah. I'm yeah. okay with your size, pee-pee. <laughs> You're trying your best, pee-pee. I love you, pee-pee. This is the part of the show where we uh, pat ourselves. Yeah, we degenerate. Too. Yeah, we're getting towards the ending, Carl. 
Okay, well, I will stop uh, giving my PP a pep talk then and concentrate on the- Yeah, we just need a short, short pep talk. Oh, I get it. A small pep talk, you could have said. So yeah. We, yeah, we're, we could be in Texas. Absolutely, we could be in Texas. Look like Minnesota. Oh, this is totally Texas, yeah. The Badlands. Look, I just love, like, you know, there's a certain cockiness that white action stars have. You you shoot someone, you say a clever line. And, you know, the bad guy, the, the hero is never really going to get me in peril. And sometimes you have that cockiness to go with it. And that's uh -huh. kind of tracks. He just knows he's all right, you know, like. Yes. He shoots but, a bunch I mean, of people. Why did you say white? I mean, you can't see Wesley Snipes doing that. You can't. Yeah, I see Wesley Snipes. But I, I think of, like, Big Trouble in Little China, where you have this clueless Very white guy and, you yeah. know, like. Just kind of arrogance, you know. He knows I'm white, I can relate. Without a scratch. Yeah. Subconsciously, he even knows it. He doesn't. Like, wow. And like, Uzi, is that what it's called? There's some movies where the, the hero is so sure of, like, he's not going to get hurt. That doesn't matter, right? Like, uh, the 18 movie or whatever. They, they're never going to get hurt. So they can be as cocky as they want. The losers. Right. I think in the 18 movie, he was, like, parachuting with a tank. Yeah, that's right. The 18 movie, they were, they were smiling and they were wahooing down while they were floating down. And of course, the tank lands on the right side. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's what a scene that was. All right. But not as good as tracks doing a wheelie. <laughs> Texas style. We finally going to get rid of these guys. They're my least favorite part of this movie. Nice spin. Shameless. They have no... Oh! What's going on? Oh. Uh-oh. John Wick's car, this ain't. Oh, they got the cartoon uh, dynamite waiting. In the backseat for a long time. Duck, you sucker. I don't know if that's safe, right? Dynamite's the kind of stuff you could just drop it in and it blows up. You you shouldn't hold it like that. You should light it and get it away from you. <laughs> you understand the basics of dynamite. Yeah. Like the wick isn't like a, well, this piece of wick will probably last 30 seconds. So I'll light it and then 30 seconds will happen. Wicked. Oh, he has guns. I didn't realize tracks had guns. He used the guns on me. Too big an explosion about to follow. Boom, boom. Second, third view. Third view of the explosion. Oh, they only had two shots of it. Okay, you got to play the music for this. If you spend the money. This is my favorite song at the end. Now, okay. the, the, the set is having a party. Track says, clean up the town. It's the best centennial yet. But actually, it's the first centennial. <laughs> centennial yet that's funny this is the best bicentennial this country's ever had oh, the band is rocking it they got the keytar they got the oscar behind them oh the keytar yeah this guy's gonna rock the keytar she's mayor yeah if the next time that you feel like grabbing Ooh, I think that was sexual. 
See, Snacks by Tracks. How great is that? Neon Bingo. Sign. Snacks by Tracks. It almost rhymes. It rhymes so well. So there's, he finally has his dream. Let's see if we get the music going. Glory. See, Carl, this song goes glorious. You're a winner. So you know we never would have that theme song. <laughs> no, we'd have. No, we, you're right. Ew. Terrible. Terrible. Okay, we got. Now, Big Payoff is coming out. Yeah, so the music is glorious. You're a winner. And I'm like, we should have our own theme song. You're a loser. <laughs> What's the opposite of. See, that's why I didn't make the joke. What's the opposite of glorious? Inglorious. Inglorious? Right. You're a loser. Okay, who's this guy? Amos. Famous Amos. Yes. Shows up. It wasn't just PBS anymore. Yeah. They call him famous. They don't call him Amos in this. Thanks. Thank you very much. They don't call now him Now watch this. This is the best cameo I've ever seen. He's, excuse me a second. He's pretty thin for a guy who uh, made a He just threw up off cookie. camera. Famous ate one of his cookies and he threw up off camera. How great is that for yeah, a movie? that's perfect. <clears throat> Listen, we got a celebrity who's going to puke in your movie. And the celebrity is Wally Amos of Famous Amos Cookies. <laughs> Bingo. Look, we could get you Governor Ann Richards. Nope. No, I want my movie to have Wally Amos. Inglorious. And that's all the Look, they got Ferris wheel. Yeah, the camera's on the Ferris wheel. Set. Yeah, look, the, the camera is like, wee, my favorite part of the movie. I want a Ferris wheel. <laughs> it's bring your kids to work day. <laughs> bring your kids to work. <laughs> bring your firearms to work day. Glorious. Yes. You're a winner. Look. The, the the kids looking at the cameraman. Do you see that? Yeah. Yeah. Dancing. And Number so five. ends our happy tale. You're a winner. Come on, one more. Oh, they don't say you're a winner. Well, Carl, that's the greatest movie yeah. ever made. Terrific. Yeah. Shadow is spelled with an E at the end. How nice. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You thought it was a W? Yes, he's got it's, it's a white shadow. shadow. He's a white shadow. Know. Wally Amos. By the way, he doesn't like it when you call him the white shadow. <laughs> he's white and he's shadow. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess I got to learn more about this guy. I recognize his face. I know his name. You but, know his uh, voice. I miss him in history. Yeah. Well, you know his voice. He's done a bunch of, he just did a Gary Busey pet detective where he was an announcer. He's Gary hired Busey. everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does that sound like entertaining? Carl, what do yeah. you think of this movie? Um, I, I liked what I saw. I've got to see it with the audio. I really, yeah. I enjoyed your take on it. Uh, and it was pretty good for uh, your, for your, uh, show. Lots to talk about. And what I loved the best is I didn't have to research this week. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I did all nice the research, break. quote nice unquote. Break. Assistant to Mr. Gary. Yeah. Gary 
Devore, and then the director's last name is Gary. So I guess there's two Garys on this. Uh-huh. I, I love this movie. I think it's hysterical, and uh, it's just just the right amount of like '80s. Uh, there was a certain point where you just shoot people, you know, mm-hmm. and it was the part of the entertainment, and you just wouldn't think about what happens next. So thank you, Rambo. Yeah, thank you, Rambo. Thank you, Chuck Norris. <laughs> like, why hurt someone when you could hurt someone and throw them out the window? You know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. just little touches like that. So, yeah, this is a great movie. I love this movie. Extremely it's our third time. Awesome. I think we repeated one of the, one of the first reruns was Tracks for mm-hmm. our show. But I did that the first year before you joined on, and uh, I'm glad to introduce you to this movie. And just to remind our audience that there's a movie called Tracks, and it's on uh, YouTube, and you should check it out. Yeah, by all means, watch it on, on your own. Perfect. That's what I'm going to do myself. Well, very cool. Well, that has been Tracks uh, Encore presentation here on Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Carl, thank you so much. Thanks for uh, hanging with me and uh, allowing me to do the research. Yes, thank you for that. Yes. I'm sure next week we'll be back to the research chair for you. Right. Yeah, but we'll be back next Sunday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time here on Mutiny Radio. I never even plugged Mutiny. How how crazy was that? Wow. Listen, go to MutinyRadio.com, hit the donate button, or go to Venmo, Venmo, and it's at MutinyRadio.com, or is it just at Mutiny Radio? At Mutiny Radio. And make sure it looks like Mutiny Radio. There's a bunch of fake uh, sites. If you see a picture of a ghost, that's not us. Okay. Okay. Important note. You can follow our podcast, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. I didn't bring this up up front, but we do uh, on the air every Sunday at 2 p.m. Pacific. We follow what's really happening with Luke. Great show. Yeah. Make afternoon of it. Yeah, and just check out the website. Carl, that's it. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, audience. Thanks, Carl. Thanks, audience. We'll see you guys next week. And thank you, Shadow. And we'll see yeah, you Shadow. <laughs> Don't forget to look up. Laugh now. Think later. Let's watch a full length. Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. It's been Let me use the car She said you can't find Another
Hi. Welcome to the Weekly Review with Roman. Today it's Friday, February 26, 2021. Thanks so much for tuning in. Starting off with some music as per usual. Uh, Daft Punk, who announced they were breaking up with uh, Digital Love, Metric with Breathing Underwater, and then Radiohead with Harry Patch and Memory Of. Going to be playing a few anti-war songs because, uh, as per usual, we live in a stupid imperialistic country that has bombed Syria. It's great that uh, it, when they say, oh, things will get, quote-unquote, back to normal, that's what they mean, unfortunately. <sighs> so we'll be playing some more music uh, with the show. We are broadcasting uh, live from Mutiny Radio. We're here in San Francisco. We're on unceded uh, Ramatouche Ohlone land. For more information, please go to weeklyrev.org and click on our land acknowledgement tab. We have a lot of links there, places you can donate, maps you can look at, as well as a lot more information there. So please do check that out. I'll be going through some news articles today. Yikes, there's a lot. For some reason, I'm feeling a little bit relaxed, despite the fact that there's a lot of terrible things happening in the world. But keep listening, because as always, there are action items. And one way to make things a little bit better, or at least less worse, is to take action. And there are things that anybody can do, regardless of what your abilities are, um, where you're at in the world. Um, there's always ways that folks can show up, whether it's donating money, whether it's contacting representatives, whether it's having conversations with people, there are, there's, and there's plenty of things I'm also not even listing or haven't even thought of that are out there in the world, but just, uh, there are so many ways to create the world that we want to live in. And even though it's pretty grim, uh, there's also hope and that's, that's why I'm here to provide some hope, even though it's a depressing podcast, but that's okay. Because again, uh, the way to get out of it is to move, push through it. Starting off, uh, I have a whole lot of articles to read, but wanted to share, just there's a lot of anti-trans bills that are in on the on the house floor right now and it's awful as a trans person and if i wasn't trans i would hope i would be like this is fucked up why are people spending time trying to make lives worse for people instead of better i don't know and anyway uh chase strangio you can follow chase on twitter at uh chase strangio has a lot of information so i'll be reading this thread this that came out uh, earlier today here's what is happening on the anti-trans bills front uh, alabama has advanced criminal health care bans to the floor of both chambers anti-trans bill to house floor in tennessee they passed a sports ban out of house and senate committees south dakota passed a sports ban in the house montana passed a health care and sports bans out of the house also moving a birth certificate ban south carolina is still hearing a sports ban in Senate committee. Mississippi passed a sports ban out of house. Arkansas has passed multiple trans health and sports uh, and sports bans moving. Missouri has multiple sports bans. If there's a hearing next week in North Dakota, they passed trans sports ban out of the house. Georgia has multiple sports and healthcare bans being heard in committee. West Virginia has multiple sports bans moving. Kansas has, a, they had a hearing on a sports ban and uh, we need to keep up pressure to kill it. And Utah, at least, uh, they killed their health and sports bans. Yay. If you're in any of these states, connect with local organizers and get activated. It is critical. So we've shared this and we'll also share a link to the thread on our page, weeklyrev.org. Usually by end of day, we'll have links that folks can look at. Also, if you uh, know people in any of these states, please do get the word out so they can contact their representatives because this is bullshit. Okay. Now let's get on to the uh, 
some of the other news stories I had bookmarked as of yesterday. Ah, oh. and let's see. Open these up here. Sometimes I open the show with a bit of a rant, and I don't know what to what to rant about aside from living in a just this nation that uh, there's blood on our hands, there's ongoing war, and people are suffering. Police are still killing people. Uh, folks are without houses and without food, even though there is a surplus of houses and there's a surplus of food. Uh, it's bonkers. That's one word for it. It's bonkers. I'm thinking of a, a Shelley Berman. There was an episode of Night Court, which was one of the few, well, I shouldn't say few shows I liked, because I think I liked a lot of shows, but looking back, a lot of them were super problematic. And I'm sure Night Court definitely had its moments. However, there was an episode with Shelley Berman, and he gives a great speech. And I played it on the show back when he passed away a number of years ago, and I think I'll look for it. But it's about how uh, mentally ill people are treated in this society and how how it doesn't make any sense because given the given how things are and where the priorities are and all of the cruelty that exists how can one be quote unquote sane or however one wants to label it it doesn't make any fucking sense and it's just a beautiful beautifully delivered uh monologue so maybe i'll look for that a little bit later uh lighten things up a bit <laughs> just kidding from San Francisco Public Press, 70 hotels could house the homeless if San Francisco buys. And this is an article from Nuala Bishari. You can find it at public, sfpublicpress.org. And I do believe they also have uh, their own radio show, um, podcasts as well, so you can also listen in. I'll read a little bit here. I'll also post the link on our page. This is from February 18th. More than 70 hotel owners have indicated they are willing to sell their properties to San Francisco, and now is the perfect time to buy some of them, homelessness activists said Wednesday. News broke this month that San Francisco would receive a full reimbursement for its shelter-in-place hotels from the Federal Emergency Management Agency dating back to January 2020. Previously, FEMA funded 75% of the costs. The city has requested $84.4 million in reimbursements from FEMA for 2020, the comptroller's office said in an email. Applying FEMA reimbursements toward hotel purchases offers a relatively quick and simple way to expand San Francisco's stock of permanent supportive housing, advocates say. We want to take advantage of this remarkable and rare opportunity, Sarah Short, Sarah Short, Director of Public Policy and Community Outreach at the Community Housing Partnership, which has 17 permanent supportive housing facilities in San Francisco, said at a press event. This chance is not likely to come again. Last year, the city put out a call for hotel owners to respond if they might be amenable to selling their properties. The move came after Governor Gavin Newsom allocated $750 million to Project Home Key, which helps municipalities purchase hotels to convert into housing. The city has not made public the list of 70 hotels, though there are several active listings online. The Minna Hotel on Minna and 6th Streets was recently renovated. It has 72 rooms and is listed for $13.5 million. A few blocks away, the modern 68-room hotel on Eddy Street is on the market for $23.8 million. Last year, the city used Project Home Key funds to purchase the Hotel Granada and the Diva Hotel, adding 362 new units to the city's permanent supportive housing stock. Newsom recently announced that he would dedicate another $750 million to Project Home Key in 2021, and advocates are looking at other funding sources too. 
Advocates and providers have been applying pressure to the city to purchase more hotels for months. Last September, Randy Shaw, executive director of the Tenderloin Housing Clinic, which operates many buildings containing permanent supportive housing, sent 10 hotel listings he'd found to the Department of Homelessness and Supportive Housing. And the Department of Homelessness and Supportive Housing has had a lot of issues. Let's put that mildly. I've pleaded with the Department of Homelessness to secure the hotels while we have maximum bargaining leverage. To no avail, he said, noting that, that pandemic-related drops in tourism have encouraged many owners to list their buildings. But that was before the FEMA money was made available. An email from an unnamed spokesperson at the Department of Homelessness and Supportive Housing said Wednesday that purchasing and converting hotel rooms is one creative way to get people off the streets, but did not comment on whether it planned to use the FEMA reimbursements to do so. Jennifer Friedenbach, who's been a guest on the show maybe back in 2015, 2016, uh, executive director of the Coalition on Homelessness, expressed concern that the refund would not be earmarked for future projects around homelessness. We are deeply concerned that this money will be sim- will simply be used to be sucked back into the city budget, she said. We feel very strongly that this fund that this is funding that is homeless dollars and was budgeted for unhoused people. All right, we'll post a link. Again, this is on the San Francisco Public Press website. I'm going to uh, play some more music for a bit and set up the next few articles. This is another, ooh, moving microphone. Uh, Anti-war song by Bruce Cockburn called Burn.
Some men with brains in their cranium took a piece of uranium. They did what other men couldn't do. They split the atom right in two. Now it's up to the people to crusade to see that no more bombs are made. That this great force should only be used for peace and democracy. Da da di di dum da da di da di da da di dum. They took all the U-238 that they could find in the United States. They gathered it and made it all into the size of a billiard ball. Now it's up to the people to crusade to see that no more bombs are made. That this great force should only be used for peace and democracy. Da da di di dum da da di da di da da di dum. Down to the south and west they went to try out their experiment to find out what they wanted to know in the desert of New Mexico. Now it's up to the people to crusade to see that no more bombs are made. That this great force should only be used for peace and democracy. Da da di di dum da di da da di di dum da da. Da da di di dum da da di da di da da di dum. If you should travel out west someday and happen to stop off in Santa Fe, just look around and take a stroll. You'll come across a great big hole. It's up to the people now to crusade to see that no more bombs are made. That this great force should only be used for peace and democracy. Da da di di dum da da di da di da da di dum. Today it's the size of a billiard ball. Tomorrow it'll be the size of City Hall. And when they drop it, you will see the place where this earth used to be. I mean, it's up to the people now to crusade to see that no more bombs are made. That this great force should only be used for peace and democracy. Da da di di dum da da di da di da da di dum. We all can have prosperity with this atomic energy. The world can have its pork and beans or be blown into smithereens. It's up to the people to crusade to see that no more bombs are made. That this great force should only be used for peace and democracy. Ah, beautiful. That was Sir Lancelot with Atomic Energy. And Sir Lancelot was a big inspiration to Harry Belafonte. And before that, we heard Bomb Repeat Bomb by Ted Leo and the Pharmacists. And before that, Burn by Bruce Cockburn. And we've got some more news articles. Uh, oh, the police. Aye. So from the Examiner, San Francisco Examiner, written by Michael Barber on February 24th, SF Police Return Officer to Patrol Despite False Testimony. A San Francisco police officer accused of fabricating a reason for arresting a man is back on patrol even after a federal judge tossed a case over his false testimony, the San Francisco Examiner has learned. Officer Nicholas M. Buckley was placed on desk duty while awaiting the outcome of an administrative investigation after U.S. District Judge Charles Breyer found his March 2016 testimony in a federal gun case was entirely contradicted by surveillance video. Buckley testified that a man named Brandon Simpson had his hands concealed as he walked away from an illegal dice game in the Tenderloin in December 2015, leading to his arrest. I don't know why a dice game would be illegal. Anyway, Ugh. 
uh, in December 2015, leading to his arrest for allegedly being a felon in possession of a firearm. But surveillance video recovered by the defense showed Simpson had his hands exposed and was even holding a water bottle, among other discrepancies. The revelation prompted Breyer to dismiss the gun charge against Simpson and direct the U.S. Attorney's Office to take appropriate action, saying he was not enraged but deeply saddened by the conduct. The worst thing in the world for any judge and any prosecutor is the conviction of an innocent person or the conviction of a person based upon perjured testimony because it goes to the very heart of a justice system, which to be successful must be accepted by the citizens or the population of any country, Breyer said at the time. And when that is brought into serious question, then the affront is to all of us. The case was sent to federal authorities in the Eastern District of, San of California for a criminal investigation into the potential perjury and to the San Francisco Police Department for administrative review. Then, last March, the SFPD transferred Buckley from his non-public contact position to Terraval Station. The department confirmed Wednesday. He was later transferred to Bayview Station, where he has been on patrol making arrests, collecting evidence, and taking incident reports since last October. The U.S. Attorney's Office for the Eastern District of California had closed its investigation into Buckley without bringing any charges against him, sources told the examiner. The results of the SFPD's administrative investigation have not been disclosed. Tony Montoya... Ugh, excuse me. <sighs> Oh, I thought I was going to burp, which would have been appropriate at this time, but nothing's coming out. All right. Uh, president of the San Francisco Police Officers Association said Buckley was... I'm not even going to fucking quote this guy because he's a fucking liar. Excuse me. Um, that's one reason I'm not working for NPR. I'm sure there are several others, but one is I can uh, call people fucking liars when they're liars. Okay. Buckley's return to the field could cause problems for any prosecuting agency seeking to pursue a criminal case based on his word alone. If Buckley is needed to take the witness stand, issues with his previous testimony could force prosecutors to dismiss a case or decline to file it altogether. Defense attorneys would otherwise be able to attack his credibility based on his prior conduct in federal court. Uh, there are lots of reasons why we might not be able to secure a conviction in a particular case, District Attorney Chesa Boudin said. We never want to be in a position where we have to dismiss a case we could otherwise prosecute because there's a dirty cop in the middle of it. As of late 2019, the SFPD had 123 officers on a confidential list of cops whose checkered pasts could... I love that it's called checkered pasts, as if some of these their actions haven't just been fucking outright disgusting and harmful and have resulted in the deaths of people okay but yes checkered pasts could cause issues in court in co that's 123 officers jesus um could cause issues in court including one member of the command staff and eight commissioned officers such as lieutenants and captains the department said at one time at that time last june but in rolled out a policy to address the issue by prohibiting his office from filing charges in any case that relies solely on the account of an officer with a known history of dishonesty or other types of misconduct. The policy is meant uh, to prevent defendants from being falsely accused. 
Buckley's reassignment also raises concerns about the extent to which the SFPD is holding officers accountable for alleged mis misconduct through its secretive internal affairs unit, which is not required to release information about police discipline in most cases under state law. Ellen Leonida, a former federal public defender who represented Simpson in the gun case, was stunned to learn that Buckley was back on duty. It's just beyond my comprehension that he hasn't been charged with a crime, much less that he's out on the street still interacting with citizens, said Leonida. It's just appalling that he's still allowed that he's allowed to still wear a badge. Leonida said Buckley's testimony went beyond exaggeration or misperception, and that the surveillance video was irrefutable evidence. Buckley intentionally lied. To prove perjury, prosecutors have to show a person knowingly made a false statement under oath. He just made up an entire set of events that never occurred, Leonida said. What exactly does one have to do to get fired from the San Francisco Police Department? If this isn't it, I just keep thinking about all the times that there wasn't video evidence. Buckley joined the SFPD in May 2013 and is one of, the, of two officers on the force bearing the same name. The other is a sergeant who is not related to the case department records show. He made $182,696, including benefits, as of 2019, according to the website Transparent California. Wow. Buckley's SFPOA provided attorney James Lassart did not respond to requests for comment by press time. Montoya, the police union head, said he supervised Buckley for a time at Mission Station before the Tenderloin incident and described... Um, again, I'm not going to read his fucking quote because that's... No. Okay. He uh um more quotes from him. Okay. The US Attorney Offices the US Attorney's Office for the Eastern District of California, FBI Sacramento, which is believed to have conducted the criminal probe and SFPD each declined to comment on the outcomes of their investigations. But in a statement, police chief Bill Scott said our internal discipline process holds officers accountable. Does it? That's my interjection there. Scott said <sighs> Scott also said that independent authority. Okay, there we go. Scott also said that, excuse me, Scott also said that independent authorities, including a criminal grand jury and the district attorney's office under former DA George Gascon, each reviewed Buckley's testimony. Uh, these allegations have been thoroughly reviewed by various agencies. And Scott stands by Buckley. Okay, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Moving down on the article. Okay. All right. Uh, the police watchdog can recommend a discipline to the chief or police commission, but cannot begin a dishonesty investigation under the city charter unless a complaint is filed or a case is referred by the SFPD, according to DPA Director Paul Henderson. Under California law, agencies like the DPA and SFPD also have only one year to seek discipline against an officer, which is, ugh, excuse me. <laughs> uh, if only it were uh, as easy to get rid of a corrupt officer as it was to sneeze. All right. Moving down the article, and, uh, a lack of clarity on the outcome of Buckley's administrative investigation could feed into a broader conversation happening at the police commission where Commissioner Cindy Elias has called for SFPD internal affairs to be more transparent 
with its disciplinary cases. It's important to have transparency in all aspects of policing, including discipline, Elias said. Having IA become more transparent is a good thing. So you can read the full article, including the parts I omitted, <laughs> um, at the SF Examiner. And again, this was written by Michael Barba. It came out on February 24th, and we'll also post a link to this on our website, weeklyrev.org. That's a good time to say, hey, um, you might not necessarily be enjoying what... Sometimes I listen to a lot of other podcasts, and uh, some folks do advertising. I don't do advertising here. I do it because uh, why? Uh, just not just doesn't really fit in with this. So... If you are able to donate at all, this is a completely advertising-free show, please do so. We have a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash weeklyrev. You can also find the link on our website at weeklyrev.org. Anywhere from a dollar a month would be greatly appreciated. Help spread the word. Thanks. All right. Next up, I believe we have another article also about the California lawmakers this is from The Guardian from uh, San Levin, who's in Los Angeles, and this came out on February 24th. California lawmakers pushed to stop deportations and end jail transfers to ICE. State's controversial practice of coordinating with immigrant, uh, immigrants author- immigration authorities has come under widespread scrutiny in recent months. California lawmakers are fighting to protect thousands of residents from deportation with new legislation that would stop state prisons and jails from handing over immigrants to U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement. California's controversial practice of coordinating with ICE agents has received widespread scrutiny in past months, including after The Guardian revealed that the state had transferred two immigrant prisoners to ICE for deportation after they had served as incarcerated firefighters on the front lines and after they had completed their sentences. Kao Se Lee, 41, was scheduled to leave prison after 22 years behind bars in August, but on the day of his release, when his sister was waiting to take him home, California instead handed him over to immigration authorities. He remains in ICE custody in Louisiana. Bouchon Kiola, 39, was reported to ICE by California prison officials in October. Fuck all of these people. Not the immigrants, certainly, but fuck the uh, prison officials and ICE. Both men had served the state as firefighters while in prison, and both were threatened with deportation to Laos, a country their families had fled as refugees when they were young children. The two had been locked up since they were teenagers. Assemblymember Wendy Carrillo of Los Angeles and other lawmakers on Wednesday unveiled legislation that would ensure that immigrant community members eligible for release from state jails or prisons would not be sent to ICE, but instead would be able to reenter society and reunite with their families. Supporters of Assembly Bill 937, the Avoiding Inequality and Seeking Inclusion in Our Immigrant Neighbors Vision Act, say that the practice of transferring people from prison to ICE was a cruel form of double punishment that indefinitely separated people from their loved ones after they have served their time. If it wasn't for where they were born, these Californians would be able to return home, Creo said. California has no legal obligation to report prisoners to ICE, and despite intense backlash last year, Gavin Newsom, the state's Democratic governor, uh, has defended the policy because he's an idiot. Excuse me. It doesn't say that. Um, And allowed the voluntary transfers to continue. The transfers can affect undocumented people and legal permanent residents who lose their green cards once they are in ICE custody due to their criminal records. California has a sanctuary law, which means local law enforcement is not supposed to collaborate with U.S. immigration and has a mandate to shield immigrants from deportation threats. But 
the state has made an exception for local jails and prisons because they feel like acting like they're evil. Again, that's my little comment there. The transfers are one of the key drivers of deportation in the state. The California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation, CDCR, transferred an estimated 1,400 people from its custody to ICE last year, according to the Asian Law Caucus, a legal advocacy group supporting the bill. In 2018 and 2019, local jails sent more than 3,700 people to ICE. The practice has been especially concerning during the pandemic when ICE jails and CDCR prisons have both suffered massive and deadly COVID-19 outbreaks in their overcrowded facilities. Kiola, who suffered a near-death injury fighting wildfires last year, was freed from ICE custody in January and reunited with his family in the Bay Area for the first time in decades. But the threat of deportation still looms. I want to get on my feet and work and advocate and help people like myself, Kiola told The Guardian after his release, saying he was hoping to start working as a firefighter. We should all have the opportunity to have that American life. Hopefully, Newsom will stop turning over people like myself. On Wednesday, Kiola spoke at a news conference supporting the bill, urging the governor to also issue pardons to him and Celie, the other jailed firefighter sent to ICE, so that they could no longer be threatened with deportation due to their criminal records. At any moment, I could be arrested and deported to Laos, a country I have no ties to. Spokespeople for ICE and CDR, CDCR declined to comment. It seems like there is a uh, recurring theme here with the police and ICE and the corrections and quote-unquote correction cdcr they it's like they know they're being fucking wrong they know they're harming people and they're like yeah we can't no maybe talking about it uh maybe that's too hard for them because then they can uh recognize what they're doing is fucking wrong anyway yeah let's abolish ice let's work to abolish jails and build a, a world where folks are actually rehabilitated and people have what they need. And also let's stop bombing other countries so the, there's not more refugees who are looking to seek a better life by having to escape violence. All right, but, you know, what do I know, right? Okay, so let's play some more music. And I do have another... Uh, anti-war song and then i'll be just playing some other music throughout the show this is a song by merle travis called no vacancy all along the road of life i roam looking for a place to call my home not a fancy mansion nor a bungalow for me but everywhere I go I seem to find Hanging on the door the same old sign And my heart beats slower when I read on the door No vacancy, no vacancy, no vacancy All along the line it's the same old sign waiting for me No vacancy, no vacancy and my heart beats slower when I read on the door, no vacancy. Mm -hmm. 
Not so long ago when the bullet screamed Many was the happy dream I dreamed Of a little nest where I could rest When the world was free Now the mighty war over there is won Troubles and trials have just begun Facing that terrible enemy sign No vacancy, no vacancy, no vacancy all along the line, it's the same old sign waiting for me. No vacancy, no vacancy. And my heart beats slower when I read on the door, no vacancy. If you live the life of ease Better take a moment on your knees And thank the Lord above for all his love Then think about me Living in a world of greed and hate Hoping every day that the hand of fate Will remove that sign that's hanging on the door No vacancy No vacancy No vacancy all along the line, it's the same old sign waiting for me. No vacancy, no vacancy. And my heart beats slower when I read on the door, no vacancy.
Okay, there we go. Had some issues here. That was Elias Bendix um, with a song. <laughs> um, that was called We Can Be No One But Us, and that was sent as a request. You can request music here too, uh, 415-550-0511, or shoot me an email at djrimer at gmail.com. We'll play your music uh, for artists who are starting out. Or even not starting out. But yeah, feel free to send over your requests. Used to be on Facebook a lot more. Now, not so much. And I'd ask for requests there. But you can also contact me other ways through Twitter as well. At um, R-O-M-A-N-R-I-M-E-R. Feel free to send in music for artists you'd like to hear. All right. Before that, we also heard the song that I hadn't thought of for many years called Josephine, If You Only Knew by a band called Dylan in the Movies. Um, and... Uh, I remember listening to that song on repeat back in 2009, maybe. And I was like house sitting for someone and there wasn't any heat. And listening to that song, I was pretty depressed and uh, it was a good song. Anyway, just brought me back to those times before that. Merle Travis with No Vacancy. Got uh, the last article we shared was about ICE, and so I wanted to go into the next news story, which is also around that. And this is from the California Nurses. You can follow them on Twitter, at CAL Nurses, as reports surface of ICE officers threatening to intentionally expose asylum seekers to COVID-19 if they do not accept deportation. 
We lift up nurses' work, nurses, nurses work to care and fight for asylum seekers. So here's a video, and um, I'll be reading the captions as we listen. As reports emerged of the dire conditions in ICE detention, they show some headlines. Nurses responded. Nurses marched on ICE facilities. Nurses rallied and protested all across the country. Nurses spoke out against the humanitarian and health crises caused by separating families, overcrowded detention facilities, inhumane conditions, and cruel treatment of people seeking asylum at the U.S.-Mexico border. And in 2019, the Registered Nurse Response Network, RNRN, a disaster relief project of National Nurses United, called for volunteers. RNRN deployed 20 teams of nurses to border shelters. To provide medical care to families seeking asylum. Nurses witnessed the health impacts of human rights abuses by federal agents and documented stories by sh shared by asylum seekers about their treatment in federal custody. National Nurses United published nurses' findings in a report. Today, mistreatment and COVID-19 are surging in ICE detention. According to the government's report,